You are listening to the When I Said Yes podcast, where we are simplifying and accelerating your success by helping you find your next yes. Hey, I'm so excited that you are tuning into the first episode of the When I Said Yes podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Stinson. I'm a former Division I athlete, a business expert, a pastor, and a suicide survivor. I started this podcast because I want to simplify and accelerate your success by helping you find your next yes. Here's what I believe, okay? That success is less about all the tasks that you have to do and more about the decisions that you need to make. Like the yes decisions. You know, the thing that you would do if you had no fear, no insecurity, no worry about what people think. Like, like if you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? That, my friend, is your yes decision. And I talk about this a little bit more in the trailer episode. And I encourage you to hit pause right here before I introduce you to the guest for our first episode and go back and listen to the trailer so that you can hear my heart, my passion and the vision behind why I started this podcast and what I know that you will get from it. Okay. So, um, without further ado, let me introduce you to Alan Lazaros, who is going to help us to say yes to peak performance. Years ago, at age 26, after being involved in a nearly fatal car accident, Alan questioned everything. His father passed away in a car accident at age 28 when Alan was only two years old. So this car accident that he had been in really shook his snow globe, as you can imagine. He questioned everything. What if this was it? Did he live a life that was true to himself? How courageously did he fight for what he believed in? How fiercely did he love? Not liking his answers and filled with regret, Alan decided to change forever. He decided to say yes to peak performance. Today, Alan's a professional speaker, a peak performance business coach and consultant, and the co-host of the Hyperconscious Podcast. Between speaking, podcasting, coaching, and consulting, Alan has clocked and tracked thousands of hours, inspiring, motivating, and educating others on how to master their systems and design a magnificent life on their own terms. Alan believes that life is all about choices. He grew up his entire life hearing stories about his father, and he can tell you from experience that how you die isn't going to matter. What's going to matter is how you choose to live. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited for you to tune into this episode because we get deep into Alan's personal story about his accident, his uh, relationship with his father. We talk about his experience of being a podcast host. And most importantly, we talk about how you can say yes to peak performance and practical, tangible steps you can take to become the best version of yourself. So grab your notebooks, like mark this episode, get ready to tune in to Alan Lazaro's and say yes to peak performance. Here we go. So yeah, let's get after it, bro. Um, tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, and some of the story that maybe I didn't uh, mention in my intro. Okay. So uh, I've got a short version. I've got a mid version and I've got a long version. I'll try to give you the mid version. So I often start my story like this. Uh, when I was two years old, 
um, I lost something very near and dear to my heart, but I also gained something else. So I lost my father when I was two. He passed away in a car accident when he was 28 years old. Wow. And so I grew up without a father. And now the thing that I gained is I was raised by two women. So my older sister's three years older than me and my mom. And so I had kind of these two women that nurtured me, took care of me. And I think being raised by two women has ended up being a huge strength in the long run uh, in a lot of ways that we'll get into. But so fast forward a bit. I'm about eight to 10 years old. I don't remember exactly, but I remember vividly being in the car with my mom and we are driving past WPI. It's a college in Massachusetts in Worcester called Worcester Polytechnic Institute. And at the time, my uncle was the track and field coach there. As a matter of fact, he's since passed away and the track and field is actually named Norcross Field Mm -hmm. uh, after him. And so my mom said to me verbatim, really smart people go there, Alan. You're really smart. You should go there one day. And so what I didn't realize at the time, but I realize now she was planting a seed in my heart of something to aspire to. Now, fast forward um, where it's eighth grade and she actually did something really interesting. Now, my mom from a very young age always tried to explain things to me. My sister and I still joke about how we never got punished. We got lectured. And it's like, now I understand the value of that, but it's like, oh, not another lecture, right? She always wanted us to know why, you know, why. And now I live sort of hyper-conscious understanding why things are the way they are. So now you have the power to change it. So here we are, it's eighth grade. And she always taught me life was about choices. She said verbatim, Alan, you can be a CEO or you can be a farmer. I'm going to love you either way. But if you're a CEO, you can wake up one day and decide that you want to be a farmer. You can't necessarily do it the other way around. I've actually told this story before, Daryl, and someone got all upset with me. It's like, my aunt's a farmer. They work so hard. I'm not, it's nothing against farmers. My mom was trying to explain, aim high and you'll have choices. Right, right, right. And so it's eighth grade. And she said, Alan, I'll make you a deal. You can take eighth grade off Hmm. if you promise me that you get the president's award in high school. The president's award, again, something to aspire to is having a 95 or above GPA all for every report card all through high school. There's four report cards. Oh, God. Four years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Your high school is so much different than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I got one B plus in honors English, never took honors English again. But here's the thing. If you look at my academic career in eighth grade, I had C's, I had D's and B's, maybe even an F. But then if you look at every other year, it was always straight A's, maybe a B plus here and there. Wow. And so in high school, I only got one B plus, all straight A's, graduated eighth in my class, got to go to WPI. She's helped me with my college essay. I remember it like it was yesterday. She helped me so much. Hmm. Get into WPI, go for electrical and computer engineering. Uh, <clears throat> got high distinction there, did a lot of partying had a good time, but also surrounded myself with the super, super smart kids. Coming from a small town of Oxford, Mass, being the smart kid, quote unquote, straight A's, right. going to WPI, realizing, oh, everybody here is like unreasonably intelligent, right? So then I go into uh, corporate America and I realize real quick, maybe engineering is not for me because I love people. I love people. And I'm sitting behind a desk. I remember I was working for Tyco Safety Products and I'm designing circuits and safety equipment. I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't want to sit around behind a desk the rest of my life. You know, like, I mm-hmm. love people. Like, I want to get out there. I'm very extroverted. Right. So I go back to school, get my MBA, thinking, okay, engineering undergrad, MBA combination at the time, most CEOs. And that was my goal, to be a Fortune 50 CEO. Steve Jobs was my hero. I read the book by Walter Isaacson called Steve Jobs. And that was kind of my true north. Right. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I did so much job hopping. I started a little company called Campus Libre while in college. I worked for a couple, a couple companies, Oz Development, uh, 
uh, a company called Global uh, Sensata Technologies, which used to be Texas Instruments, iRobot. I did a lot of job hopping. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I was getting paid more and more and more. Money was the goal. I end up eventually at a company called Cognex. I started mm-hmm. an inside sales team there. I finally hit my six-figure mark, and I was super excited about that. Did really, really, really well there. Got promoted to outside sales. Now I'm 26 years old. I'm earning almost $200,000 a year because they had this awesome referral program and I got all my friends from WPI to come and work, work there. And there was huge bonus structure there. So it's the worst winter ever though. I think it was 2016. And I remember I was up in New Hampshire and uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. It's a dark winter night. Okay. The snow banks were like way up. It was like a horrible winter with tons of potholes and I was doing tons of traveling. So I wasn't really happy. I didn't like my job. I didn't like my life. Remember a little bit of a connect the dots here in high school. I did some partying in college. I was in a fraternity. I did some partying, had some fun. Then in sales, alcohol is a part of that culture as well. So there's kind of like this thing. I'm, I'm not taking my health very seriously. I'm more focused on money and success than I am on fulfillment. Okay. So here I am 26 years old with my little cousin. And the road I thought stayed right, it actually stayed left. We were headed to a TGI Fridays. I looked down at the GPS because it's up in New Hampshire. I don't know where I'm going. I, it felt like a split second. I look up and I see the brightest lights I'd ever seen. Okay. Now, for those of you out there listening, a lot of people talk about a life or death scenario. But if you've ever had that moment where you lost a loved one or you lost a pet or you had a life or death situation, it gets you to question everything. I legitimately, like... Every time I tell this story, I kind of get chills because I actually thought that that was going to be it for me. Like I genuinely had that moment of this is, this is the end. Wow. Now, circle back, right? My father passed away in a car accident when he was 28. And I've seen the picture mm. of, of that car. I was two. Now I'm 26 mm. at the time. And I just almost lost my life. Fortunately, I was driving a 2004 Volkswagen Passat, which I used to call the tank, German engineering, just a very right. heavy car strong car and fortunately both airbags went off me and my cousin are okay his uh knee was a little bent out of shape my face got hit on the airbag pretty hard but we're good we're okay physically i'm sitting in a armchair drinking whiskey at my cousin's house in new hampshire and i'm questioning everything daryl i'm just like oh my god what if my whole life was wrong Mm -hmm. you know did i courageously fight for what i believe in Did I love as fiercely and openly as I could have? Did I live my life to the fullest? So now I have this quote that I say in all my Mm. speeches, especially when I show the car, because the car, this is not a fender bender. The car is completely smashed in total. And I say this simple quote that's profound. And you cannot see the stars during the day. They're always there, but sometimes it takes the darkness to see clearly that which you simply could not within the light. Mm. And what I saw in the darkness of contemplating mm-hmm. my whole life, I say shake the snow globe. Whenever you have a life or death situation or a death of a pet or death of a loved one, it shakes the snow globe. It, it gets you to question things. Right. I was questioning everything. The two questions I came to, how courageously did I fight for what I believe in? Mm. How fiercely did I love? And the two things that I found that now in hindsight, looking back when I was in the dark, number one, Tony Robbins, Ted Talk on the six human needs, changed my life, changed the way I think about everything. He talks about what we're really after. Mm. Number two, a book by Bronnie Ware called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Mm. To this day, Daryl, I have a flashcard in my pocket right now with all five regrets. It's all worn and torn. And we've actually gotten to interview Bronnie Ware. She's an Australian woman. 
She worked in hospital awesome. for eight years. Um, and she thought her job was to take care of the terminally ill. Oh. Her real job was to listen. And she noticed wow. patterns. I wish, I wish, I wish. Wow. Number one regret of the dying is I wish I had lived a life true to myself and not what others expected of me. And I was so guilty of that. Mm. I did what I thought I was supposed to do. Yeah. Based on, again, those seeds of dreams planted inside of me from my mom or external circumstances rather than following my own inner compass. Right. And so after that, man, I went all in on my dreams. And I know you've had a similar situation in your life where you had, you know, a near death, I believe, suicidal potential experience. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you went all in after that, mm-hmm. Daryl, and on, you know, the, the light within inside within you. Yeah. And so that's my new thing now is, is life's about choices. Mm-hmm. But if you're not aware of all the options, you're not actually choosing, you're defaulting. Oh, that's good. That's good. I knew this is going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be good. Like, number one, like, plug your podcast. Like, you guys got to go listen to my episode on the Hyperconscious podcast because it was equally as fire. Like, it was just there's – a, there's a synergy, man. And, I, and you know what? Like, I didn't even hear your story prior to being interviewed on your podcast. But like, I'm listening to this and I'm like, dude, how did that not come up when we were talking? Probably because you guys were so focused on me, but you had to been going like, like, dude, this is similar to my story, right? Like number one, like I speak all the time. I'm getting ready to steal like your quote. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm like, man, like it, my story is so in alignment. And like, did I tell you about the car part? Where like like that was how I was gonna make my last suicide attempt was actually in a car like and so like it was so crazy my mom threw herself over the hood of the car like kept me from driving and like it's just long story here but man like there's a lot of similarities in that too and you're right it did light a fire and ignite a fire in me and and I can see that in the way that you lead your business and in the way that you coach others I've attended a couple of your coaching calls mm-hmm. um, and and obviously just watching you from a distance on social media seeing how you show up the energy you bring. Like there is a driving force, in my opinion, that only comes through a series of deep reflection and understanding, right? And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is because I see you talk about peak performance so much that I feel like you can help the audience understand how to become the best versions of themselves. And let me preface this and I'm going to shut up. It's like... I know that's a buzz term right now. Like every, like I told somebody this the other day, I went on a rant and I was like, if I could just eliminate the term life coach from the earth, like I would, because there's people who are life coaches who have no life experience, but like, but, but, and they use that term, become the best version of yourself. And it's just a buzzword and they really don't know what they're doing, but you do know what you're doing. And so like, this isn't a buzz term. This is something that he has had success with and he is continuing to reach his peak level um, and then stretch higher. So really help us figure out how we can reach our peak level of performance. So I really, really appreciate those kind words. And I did actually feel that way when you were telling your story, I was like, wow, mm. like, mm. and that's definitely one thing I'll start with is first and foremost, peak performance and how to live a world-class life is a training that's kind of like become sort of my bread and butter. It's like something that's so near and dear to me because if you want an ordinary life, in all honesty, nothing I'm going to say is probably going to resonate with you. Exactly. And, but if you want an extraordinary life, you're going to have to learn how to not just do the ordinary stuff. And, yeah. and what do I mean by that? 
Yeah. Well, well, let me pause real quick because I got to make this distinction because I say the same thing and people get offended as if like, because it's like the separation between average and extraordinary and all this stuff. And there is, but not in terms of value. Right. So like I always say it this way, like my mom will probably never write a bestselling book. Like she'll probably never be on a TEDx stage. She probably never have a figure business, but I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. So we're not talking about value. Your worth is not determined by how much money you make or, or even how you perform. We're just talking talking about like being results oriented and becoming the best version of yourself if that's something you desire. Okay. So like this isn't a worse conversation, so don't get offended, but just listen to this. If you want to level up and you know, there's more dreams, more like ideas, things that you want to take out of your mind and actually see manifest in your life. This is what you want to tune into. So go ahead. I absolutely appreciate that, man. So, and, and that's such a good distinction too. I think sometimes we think our value to the marketplace is our value. That's not true at all, right? Like, and nothing against Eminem. We love Eminem because he's good at rap, not because he's a good father. And I'm not saying he's a bad father. Right. I'm just saying the marketplace will value you for your skill sets. Come on. For intimate partners, your family will value you for your character. There we go. I think character will bring fulfillment. I think success is dependent on the marketplace and the value you have in your business and, and in others. And so one thing that I'll say about peak performance is this is not woo-woo. This is not intangible. This is not anything that you cannot do in your own life should you choose to. But here's what I will say. I think we misunderstand the, what it really takes uh, for peak performance. And so I'll start with this. So we see Tom Brady on the Super Bowl stage holding the the trophy for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. We don't see the 30 years of hard work, 5 a.m. workouts it took to get there. And I'll start with this quick story. I was giving a speech on hyperconscious leadership to a group of high school athletes, Medway. And it was like 30 or so high school students. And some of this stuff is heavy for someone that young of an age. And I, I remember I pulled up a slide uh, up on the big screen of Tom Brady with his sixth Super Bowl trophy, right? We're in New England. Who here loves Tom Brady? Everyone's hand shoots up. And I'm like, okay, next slide. Boom. The TB12 method, how to sustain a lifetime of peak performance. Who here has read Tom Brady's book? Every mm. hand shoots down. Now, these people in high school, I get it. But I said, ah, see, we both love Tom Brady. But we love him for very different reasons. You love That's him good. because he's good at football. I love him for his consistency, his dedication, his commitment, his leadership. Right. His focus, okay, yeah. his habits. And not loving Tom Brady is very different than I love him for these character traits that I, too, want to develop in my own life. Right. And so what I would say is this, is I, I grew up in an environment where, as I mentioned, there was a lot of drinking and, and my friends would take shots like, oh, Tom Brady, take a shot. I'm like, Tom Brady doesn't drink. And if he does, it's very, very rare. You haven't read his book. All of you love Tom Brady, but you haven't read his book. That's interesting. Do you love him as much as I do, right? Mm. And so why is super important? Mm-hmm. Okay? If I go to the gym because I want to be as fit as possible to be, you know, a natural aesthetic men's physique fitness model who inspires countless others to try to be in shape. That's Mm -hmm. a very different reason than I feel like looking good on the beach next weekend. Mm -hmm. See one is an infinite game that never ends of bettering my best. Right. Performance. The other one is I want this external thing that by the way, if your goal is to look good on the beach, you may never look as good as quote unquote, someone who has that infinite game true North. Right. And so I think peak performance starts first and foremost with a simple understanding that this is about mastery and mastery never ends. Mm. Mastering the self, mastering your own 
ability to to maximize your potential and we can talk about a lot of the ways to do that in terms right. of reality but yeah yeah what do you think is the number one like if you had to pick one thing for someone to master what would it be i think i know the answer but i don't want to be wrong i would say master yourself master okay. your, master your ability to get yourself to do say think and believe the things that are congruent with your greatest self so I talk about the PMES system and, and I co-hosted or co-created this with uh, a client of mine, Alex Hinkle, shout out to him. It's called physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Mm -hmm. So I believe that this is the four facets of the human condition. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say if there's only one thing to master, master your own understanding of yourself and your own ability to manifest. So mm -hmm. when we say the word manifest, what does that actually mean? I, I use this cool little story. It's, I, I say manifestation and the purple elephant. I've said this on speeches. Everyone's like, well, what are you talking about, man? I say, okay, right now I'm imagining a purple elephant with a double barrel shotgun and a cowboy hat on. Okay. That's only exists in the spiritual world, my imagination. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to emotionalize it and say, okay, this is my purple elephant. This is what it looks like. Okay. I'm going to strategize mental M. I'm going to strategize about how to make it real. Then I'm going to get a crayon. I'm going to get a piece of paper. Then I'm going to take a physical action and actually draw it. Mm -hmm. Now I took something that only existed in my imagination and made it real. Mm -hmm. Manifestation is not woo-woo. It's actually very practical if we understand it. Right. So when you say, what's the one thing to master? I would say master your own ability to mm -hmm. take something in your own imagination. It can be a, a unique version of you, mm -hmm. a physique you want, a, a, an intimate relationship you want, a house you want, and master your ability to imagine something yeah. that does not exist yet to emotionalize it and get get your emotions on board mm -hmm. to mentally strategize about how to make it real and then to consistently take action yeah to make it real yeah freaking love it man mm -hmm. i love how you just brought see what i love is, is there's a big difference and like i love everybody who <clears throat> comes on and shares their story and, and chooses to be vulnerable like to me like if you own your story like you are like ahead of like 90% of the population who's hiding, right? But like, I, I really love when I bring on people who I can tell speak, right? And have experience and it's not their first time or, or they're, they're, they're used to saying this over and over again because it's so crystal clear and it helps people walk away and say, I can do that, man. We're like, so I know you're a coach, right? And, and where do you see people fail? I would say misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, uh, and, and I really appreciate those kind words, by the way. And yeah, that's not the first time I've told that story. And I think that's also because I'm mastery driven as well. I mean, I've done, you know, and there's a reason I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because we're talking about peak performance. I've done 461 podcasts. Mm -hmm. There's a reason I know that number, right? If you ask Michael Phelps his time swimming, he's going to know the exact time. He's going to know his goal time and his past time, right? That's good. So, so I, I call it rep uh, or prep, rep, reflect, perfect. Mm. Okay. So I prepped for this interview. Mm. I do the rep itself. I do the interview. Mm -hmm. Then I reflect on the interview. I'm going to ask you for it and, and I'm going to review it and see how I, okay, I just said that poorly. I said, and then I'm going to uh, perfect. I'm going right. to take what I learned in the reflection and I'm going to make it better. And so if you're seeing this polished product right now, it has nothing to do with me being any better or worse than you. It has to do with the thousands of hours you're not seeing of me, exactly. you know, right. So I wanted to make that clear. Go ahead. No, no, dude, I, I so agree with you. Like that is the athlete secret sauce. It's in my book that is getting ready to come out in a couple months. 
And uh, I think reflection is one of the most underutilized principles in like my philosophy. And I'm curious to know yours is that people don't reflect because they're so afraid. Like they've attached too much of their identity to their activity and they don't want to see their mistakes because they think that their performance is their identity. So if I fail, that means I may fail your, which is not true. Right. And they're missing out on all the tweaks that they can make to get to peak performance. Like, why do you think people are so afraid to watch the film? Right. Right. So mirror moments Mm -hmm. are, are really, I I think there's, and I know this is going to sound a little bit oversimplified, but um, you know how Einstein has that quote of like, everything in life is either a miracle or nothing is. And you kind of choose some people are defaulting. Right. Okay. And if you're hopeless and nihilistic and you're out there, like you do get to choose, you can choose that everything's a miracle. Right. And so here's what I would say. I think some people spend their whole life seeking truth. And I think some people spend their whole life avoiding it without knowing it, mm. avoiding feedback. There's a reason mm. why Netflix is so popular. There's no feedback on you. You get to emotionalize the story and feel the feelings. You get to have the intellectual stimulation. And by the way, when you're watching Netflix, think about this. There's no imagination required. If you've read a fiction book, have you read The Alchemist? I have not. Okay. What's your favorite fiction book? Uh, probably Divergent because that's the last one I read. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, erudite. So um, I, <laughs> you and I, let's say I read that book as well. Yeah. We both have our own imagination of what that book entailed. Yep. If you're watching Netflix, you don't actually have to use your imagination. And then you wonder why you're not good at manifesting. Mm. See, we're not flexing mm. that muscle anymore, man. Crazy, right? So why do people not want to look in the mirror? Why do people not want to reflect? Because yeah. like you said, they have their identity tied to th- their last performance. Yep. Instead of the idea of I'm never actually going to get to the, the best version of me is me right now showing up in my best. Mm-hmm. But here's the distinction. Everyone does their best. Right now, I'm doing my absolute best, mm-hmm. but not everyone betters their best. That's good. That's, there's two different lives right there. I know. But he does their best. Yeah. It's interesting, and I'll just say this quickly. If you're out there right now and you're growth-minded, which you obviously are because you're listening to this, yep. there are people out there who want to support you. They want to support your goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I might want to climb Everest, okay? That doesn't mean I'm capable of doing it right now. Mm-hmm. When I realized this, it shifted everything for me. The people in my life do want to support me. Some of them are not capable of supporting mm. me because they mm. can't understand my dreams. They can't mm. understand what it really takes. They can't understand why I have to work on a Saturday and they want me to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. So there are people out there who want to support you. Mm-hmm. But maybe they are not currently capable of it at their current level of awareness. Mm. Mm. I could ask a f- 50 million questions, but for some reason I'm feeling guided to just ask this question. It's going to feel like a backwards question a little bit, but I feel like there's some startup entrepreneurs listening to this right now. Walk them through the process of starting their business. Mm, Fire. Okay. So the first thing is this. Okay. We live in a world with a survival bias. In other words, you're seeing Elon Musk because he survived. You're seeing Jeff Bezos because he survived. You're not Mm. seeing the 96% of businesses that fail in any 10 year period. And by the way, the four remaining out of those hundred in a 10 year period are not necessarily profitable or happy. They're just barely standing. Okay. So if you're in business, you are a gladiator and it's not supposed to be easy. 
Mm. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that every day has to suck, but here's what I'll say. If you're in business, you better be taking it very, very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients who are early entrepreneurs and mm. I have such a heart for this because one thing I do notice about early entrepreneurs, especially if they're emotionally driven. Mm. So just so you know, the listeners of our show are people who are emotionally driven, who have huge goals, mm-hmm. primarily female in their 20s and 30s who struggle with courage, clarity, and confidence, mm-hmm. and who want more fulfillment specifically out of their career and especially their intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, look how clear I am. If you have a business, if I just did a marathon in the desert and you sell water, I'm going to pay you anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I live on a lake, you can, you can forget it. Mm-hmm. Your value to the marketplace is predicated on a need. And by the way, need is circumstantial. Mm-hmm. So you need to understand who is your ideal client avatar. Stop trying to sell to everybody. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you have an aversion to sales, you better get over that quick. If you struggle <laughs> with self-confidence, you better believe in your product or service more than anybody else does. Yeah. Because it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And yeah. your value to the marketplace is different than your character. Right. And I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. Yeah. And you've got to understand perception versus reality. Work on your character for fulfillment, for your intimate partner, for your kids, for your family, for your friends. They care about you for your character. Mm-hmm. The marketplace cares about you for your skills mm-hmm. and for the product or service that you can provide to them. Mm, fire. Fire. Man, what, why do you think, you know, other than not knowing their avatar really well, why do you think businesses fail? Mm. So uh, it comes down to why people fail too, in my opinion, a misunderstanding. Mm. And I'm guilty of this. I know you are as well. And that's why awareness is everything. Mm -hmm. Some people want to get the tips and the tricks. They don't want the understanding. I'll never forget. We had a guy, his name's Coach Michael Burke on the podcast. (laughs) And he said, success comes down to making good choices. True or false? Okay. True. Okay. But your choices can only be as good as your understandings. Mm. Quick story. I remember I had a client, I did personal training. Uh, for a time. And I remember this was really fascinating for me. And this client, I said, what's your dream physique? Let's create a vision. Okay. Otherwise you're just going to drift around. What's your vision? He said, okay, this is my phone background. He showed me a physique of Sadiq. Uh, Do you know who Sadiq is? Are you in the industry at all? I'm not. Okay. So if you were big into bodybuilding, you'd know the name Sadiq. Anyone listening, you probably do. So Sadiq, in my opinion, is on you know some performance enhancing drugs. (laughs) And I remember, and I remember, right? So Um, I remember my client saying, you know, I really want to look like this in 10 years from now, Mm -hmm. but I don't really like weight training. And I remember, right, right, right. So I said to him and I said, I mean this with love, but forget it. It's like literally if you don't like weight training from my sense of awareness, you will never actually achieve that physique. So here's, here's why businesses fail. Here's why people fail. The goals they've set they are not aware of the behaviors required of them mm-hmm. to actually achieve it. Yeah. It's like, I want to change the world, but I also really like the beach every Saturday. I know. I know. If Michael Phelps decided to play basketball on Saturday and Sunday, he's automatically not Michael Phelps. Nah, he likes man. to swim, right? And he focuses on swimming even when he feels like playing basketball. Dude, I was so chest bumpy right now if you were in person. <laughs> like, yes. Right. Yes. I say this stuff and then people are looking at me like I'm crazy or too driven. And I'm like, no, this is not being too driven. This is actually like the foundation of being a highly productive entrepreneur or individual in life. Right. And like, I know you think this way, but I just want to inject this real quick. It's like, so yeah, like I agree with you. Like if if you don't want to do the behaviors that are required for what you want out of life, like 
quit, right? Like right. get a different goal. Um, but, but I will say this before you quit, before you get a different goal, try to change your psychology. Right. right. What I mean by that is, um, you know, the same way I just, I was just talking to a client about this last week and I did a, a video on my Instagram. I don't know if you saw it, but I was just like, um, she wasn't growing in her business. And I said like, um, why not? She said, I don't like to sell. I'm like, so who on your team is doing the selling? Right. Nobody. So I'm like, so you don't like to sell. Nobody's doing the selling. <laughs> Can you see why you're not making money? You know? Like, and then I said, I said like, but do you like to serve? Well, yeah, I like to serve. I like to give. She's like the, the lady's one of the most giving people that I know. And I said, your psychology about sales is messed up. You think selling is taking when actually it's exchanging value, right? David Meltzer, you know, says that it's like taking a dollar from somebody, giving them 10. You know, I like to say that it's, it's, it's selling at its highest form is actually serving, right? That's and, and so if you change your psychology about a thing, it will change what you think about it. It will change how you show up. It will change how you value it. What's your thoughts on that? I think everything, and by the way, that's absolute fire. And it's, this is synchronistic because yesterday I gave a training uh, in a private Facebook group called Fearless and Fortunate and mm. on selling with integrity. Yeah. So selling with integrity is a program that I created that I just, I see people who have these big dreams and it's like, if you don't, overcome your aversion to sales i don't know if you're going to be able to manifest that yeah you're not yeah you know dale carnegie has that great quote he's like he who has this skill has the whole world with him yep. he does not walks a lonely way so if mm -hmm. you don't have influence persuasion i actually said instead of saying i'm going to sell you say i'm going to help you yeah instead of saying i'm going to sell others i'm going to empower others because yep. they're yep. the same thing yep. and so here's what i would say you have a relationship if you're out there listening with everything you have a relationship with whether or not you like the outfit you're wearing right now. You have a relationship with your haircut. You have mm. a relationship with money. You mm. have a relationship with Netflix. You have a relationship with whether or not you like your phone or if it bothers you. You have a relationship with whether or not you like checking email or not. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. And this is what I learned. I learned a lot from fitness coaching, man. So in my opinion, if you want to be in really, really, really great shape, you're going to need to change your relationship to the scale. You're going to need to change your relationship to counting calories. You're going to need to change your relationship to going to the gym, mm -hmm. right? So my question is this, and, and this will be a quick story, but I was up in New Hampshire. I, when I was young, I was uh, in college and I had allergies and I would go to this allergist for like the longest time, right? And I would get allergy shots. What an allergy shot is, is basically giving you a little bit of the allergy so that you can expose your central nervous system to it so that your body would stop overreacting. So if you've ever studied allergies or had allergies, you know that it's immune system's overreaction to something that's not dangerous, that it thinks is dangerous. So if you were a kid, got stung by a bunch of bees, had a traumatic right. situation to that, now all of a sudden your immune system freaks out when you get one little bee sting, even though it's not life-threatening. Mm -hmm. I go to this allergist in New Hampshire, and I'm young at the time, and I swear to you, they hook me up to their computers, and they send a signal into my central nervous system for dust mites. I was allergic to dust mites while simultaneously stimulating my spine with this little massager thing. And I went for a few treatments and I, it got rid of my allergies. Wow. Tell you, Dr. John Gottman talked about this. He did experiments where they took a married couple, put them in a room and could record them for 30 seconds. And within, I think 80 or 90% accuracy, don't quote me on this. They followed up 10 years later, they could predict who would divorce and who wouldn't. And what they looked for was contempt and resentment. 
Wow. Now we all have an association, a feeling right. in our central nervous system to everything around us. Right. After I got in my car accident, I was triggered by double yellow lines. I kept getting pulled over because I was so far on the right side of the road because double yellow lines scared me. Right. So if you have a trigger when we talk about money, mm-hmm. you have a trigger when you hear the word sales. Come on. If you have a trigger when you step on the scale, I'm telling you those things own you. Fear is running you and you'll never, you'll always have an aversion to that which you don't understand and that which you fear. Wow. So if you want to stop fearing something, go dissect it. Go learn about yes. it. Yes. And then you'll stop fearing it. Business feels like, I remember back in the day, like starting a business. Oh my God, that's so hard. Now it's like, it's so much simpler than you think. I uh, know. Like, yeah. It's not easy, but it is simple. Right. Okay? And once yeah. you understand it, it's crazy. So that's what I would say is you have a relationship to everything. Check in on your relationships and make yeah. sure they're positive and not negative. Man, absolute fire. I want to like, this is a drop the mic moment like if y'all don't take that and go reach peak performance like nothing's gonna help you (laughs) i don't know what else to tell you man um there's a term that floats out there it's called like heart center entrepreneur soul center entrepreneur man i would consider you to be one of those people who are really heart centered um and i'd even throw some gasoline on that and say you know you're definitely purpose driven as well Mm -hmm. um Typically, when I encounter individuals like yourself on this podcast or any type of co-venture, I always love to give them the opportunity to share their heart for a minute. And I want, uh, before we get into how people can connect with you, follow you, uh, learn from you, grow with you, uh, to take this last portion and just let you share something that's been burning in your heart. I really, really appreciate that. And I appreciate the kind words. And I'm so grateful that that shines through. Um, I do think there's a lot of people that would hear this stuff and consider me arrogant or something. And I, 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 I try to stay as humble as possible, but I also get fired up about these concepts. When it comes to the vulnerability piece, and, and here's what I'll tell you too. If you want to live a peak performing life, you're going to have to really recruit every part of you. And so what I tell people is this. I say, if you figure out what gets your heart, Emotion moves mountains. I would say what pisses you off the most, what makes you cry, and try to learn why. Chase your envy as well. What are you envious of? That's your soul saying, I can do that too. I can do some version of that too, right? So there's something to learn in all of that. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, it really does come down to, I grew up in an environment that had a lot, a lot of love and I had a lot of poor uh, love and belief poured into me, but I also had some, some pretty intense um, traumas that made me, made me really question the nature of love and, 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 you know, uh, so anyone who's ever dealt with any abuse, Okay. It it really messes with you, especially when the person who's doing the abuse is someone you love so dearly and you genuinely do love them too. That's the interesting thing. And so I won't go any farther than that, but here's what I'll tell you just because I don't want to incriminate anyone. I don't want anyone to assume who it was and all that. What I will say is this in my darkest moments, I kind of always knew I had a choice and, and I'll tell you this when the past is really, really, really painful, 
and the present is really, really, really painful, you have no choice but to go into a brighter future and create a vision. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, that is one thing that no one could ever take from me is my bright ass future. Mm-hmm. And, and here's what I would say. There's some, I've now come to understand that when you're in emotional pain, which by the way is guaranteed, you're going to have a choice. You're either going to escape the truth into mm-hmm. a vice. It can be Netflix. It can be alcohol. It can be weed. It can be anything. If it's an escape, it's a vice or you can develop a virtue. And I think how many times you choose virtue over vice in those emotionally painful, truly traumatic moments is gonna change everything. We talk about PTSD, very real thing. I, I was claustrophobic after my car accident. I couldn't walk through doorways for a short time. I had to puff my chest up and walk back and forth. Double yellow lines, I kept getting pulled over. Like ceiling fans bothered me. I just had all these you know, things to work through. Mm. But we don't talk enough about post-traumatic growth. And I, I really did go all in on my dreams after that. And I, and I quit drinking, you know, it took me five years to quit drinking, but I'm now 427 days sober. Like let's go to share my heart. I would say this, you have a choice of virtue or vice in every moment of every day. You're either escaping your life or designing one you love at every moment of every day. And at the end of the day, all that's going to matter, in my opinion, is whether or not you are proud of yourself. If you had a friend who broke as many promises to you as you've broken to yourself, how much would you value that friendship? If you don't believe in your own brighter future, why would you invest today for that future? Mm-hmm. Work on you. You are lightning in a bottle for every interaction in your life. If you work on yourself, personal development would have saved my life, man. It would have saved my, so many people I love's life. And that's why I'm all in on it. And right. so personal development, in my opinion, is where all the answers are. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I want to share is, is if you're out there and you're unhappy, work on you. And I promise you happiness and fulfillment it will be a byproduct of you getting better. Mm-hmm. 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 Fire. <laughs> like I'm, just, I'm sitting here like, I don't know whether to host, take notes, shout, <laughs> run. This is amazing, man. Um, you guys know how this goes. This is the moment where you have to make a decision. Uh, I believe that success is less about the task you need to do and more about the decision that you need to make. What's one decision that you can make today? You're already by listening to this episode saying yes to peak performance, but specifically what's one action item can you take to go after your dreams to repair your relationships to thrive. Maybe you need to go back and listen to some of your episodes. Like maybe you need to actually reflect on that last argument you had. What did my man say that you can apply to your life right now? Because here's what I want you to do. I want you to write it down right now. I want you to remind yourself, do a voice memo, whatever you have to do, because this is your moment to say yes. When you say yes, everything that's attached to that yes will unlock for you. And that's why I'm excited for you. My man's Alan, tell them how they can connect with you. So if you're interested in connecting uh, between me and my assistant, we get back to everybody. So you can do Instagram, you can do Facebook, you can do LinkedIn. You can also email me. Uh, every one of, if you go to the hyperconsciouspodcast.com, uh, there's a contact tab. You can contact us there. 
Um, we also have a mastermind every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can join Hyperconscious Nation. If you go to the hyperconsciouspodcast.com, at the top, there's a tab that says hashtag join Hyperconscious Nation. It's a community of people that are all about vulnerability, facing their fears, chasing their dreams. It's just wonderful. If you're out there right now, there's probably persons, places, things, and ideas in your life that are not in alignment with your greatest self. And I know that because I have that too. Um, I recently created the alignment audit, which is a bunch of questions to get you to realize like, oh, maybe that behavior no longer is serving me. Maybe that person wants to help me succeed, but isn't capable yet, right? So I would just say, reach out between me and Amy. We always get back to everybody. Even if I can't help you, I guarantee you, I know someone in my network who can. Love it. Make sure you go connect with him. We're going to put all those links in the show notes. Man, today has been awesome. Make sure you go ahead and leave a five-star review because this was definitely a five-star recording. And uh, make sure you share. Don't be stingy with the information. Uh, sharing is less about me or us going viral. It's about getting this information to people that's out there because personal development like saved our lives, right? It made us who we are and it can help other people. People need to stop living in shame and know that they can actually have post-traumatic growth. I love that. I love that term, man. All right. <laughs> so next time, y'all, we love you. Peace. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the When I Said Yes podcast, where we are simplifying and accelerating your success by helping you find your next yes. 